Happy Friday, everybody. This is probably the best Friday of my life. Yesterday was one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Wow. What a game. Detroit, stand up. Jared Goff, stand up. Amon Ross St. Brown, stand up. Josh Reynolds, stand up. Aiden Hutchinson, have yourself a game, brother. The best player on the field yesterday. Stand up. Wow. The Detroit Lions. That's right. The team I picked, and not a lot of other people were picking to win yesterday. I'm breaking that game down. Woo! I'm excited. What else? Joe Burrow gets a deserving Record-setting contract, and then we're riding. We're riding high. You start off Thursday good with a banger, with a win. You got to keep it going. Week one, rest of the Sunday pick, Sunday slate, and week two, college football. Hopefully, I do better. Last week, I was 6-4. and four. This week, I feel better about my picks. We'll do those. But let's start with the Lions versus the Chiefs. Thursday night, last night, kicked us off NFL season. I said yesterday the Lions are going to win this game. I said not only is it because Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones aren't playing, but this team has grit, they're resilient, Dan Campbell's a head coach, and I said they were disrespected. All these NFL pundits, even just regular Joe saying, no Travis Kelsey, no problem. It's Mahomes. He's the greatest. He's the greatest we've ever seen. He doesn't matter what the receivers are. He'll throw to anybody, and they'll still win. Was that the case yesterday? Oh, my, oh, my. How they are singing a different tune today. It went from Mahomes is the best ever he doesn't need Travis Kelsey. They'll still win, too. Oh, guess what? If they had Travis Kelsey, they would have won. Oh, my, my. How the tables have turned. Well, guess what? Maybe Mahomes just isn't that guy. When everybody's down and out, and you still need to win a big game, Patrick Mahomes couldn't get it done. I've seen other quarterbacks do it. I saw Aaron Rodgers. I witnessed it in person a couple years ago. COVID, no Alan Lazard, no uh, Devontae Adams for a Thursday night game against the Arizona Cardinals, who were 7-0 at the time. Packers were 6-1, and depleted weapons. Aaron Rodgers goes in without three of his top four receivers and wins. That's what a great quarterback does. Oh, Tom Brady couple of Super Bowls where Gronk doesn't play because he got injured. Julian Edelman, your number one wide receiver. Kind of like Darius Tony was your number one wide receiver last night. And just other guys, Hogan and other players that I can't even name. And he's still winning Super Bowls and putting the ball on the money. Because Darius Tony had the sudden drops. He played bad. But not all those passes were perfect. So, yeah, you love to see it. 
You love to see the Detroit Lions beat Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, it felt so good. It looked so good. And it was great because it wasn't even a perfect Detroit Lions game where, oh, if Travis Kelsey were to play, outcome would have been different. Well, guess what? In the red zone, Marvin Jones fumbled the football. They were going to score. Marvin Jones also had a couple of drops. He didn't have a great night. Uh, some of the play calling wasn't great either. These are two teams who didn't play a lot in preseason. You're feeling each other out. And on banner night, the Detroit Lions, with grit and toughness, got this one because they're the embodiment of your head coach, Dan Campbell. And I agreed completely with what Dan Campbell said after the game, that this win didn't prove anything. It was just verification of what I've already seen. Now, is that the quote of the NFL season already on opening night? Who knows, but it was great. The Lions opened with the first touchdown of the season, got on the board 7-0, Amon Ross St. Brown. Then second quarter, the Chiefs answer, get a touchdown. The Lions have the fumble, Chiefs score. Again, it's 14-7, and they get the ball to start halftime, or after halftime, and you're like, most people are like, uh-oh, they're going to go up 21-7. Uh, this is bad, but Kadarius Toney with the drop, bad throw by Mahomes combo. Pick six, Brian Branch, 2014 with two field goals by the Chiefs. And then the Lions, 21-20. So it was a great performance, uh, again, by the team overall. Again, I thought Aiden Hutchinson was fantastic. He didn't record... A sack, but he did have seven quarterback pressures. And he did it against a right tackle, Jawan Taylor, who was, again, false starting all night long. Uh, they brought him the head uh, crew, retired ref, whatever, and said he was wide, misaligned all night. Uh, could have been flagged for that. Multiple false starts that weren't called until one at the end. But Aiden Hutchinson kept fighting, had four tackles. Uh, three quarterback hits, seven pressures. He was phenomenal. He is great. He is the, to me, anchor of the defense of this front seven. And in the secondary, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Man, do I love that guy. Oh, he was talking the talk, and he was walking the walk last night. You could tell very he was playing with some anger, being a former Eagle, losing in that Super Bowl six, seven months ago. Playing that team again opening night, laying it on Pacheco, just playing aggressive, playing fast, they played good. And again, it wasn't a perfect game by the Lions. Uh, again, a couple miscues by Frank Ragnow, the center, the fumble by Marvin Jones, uh, the one drive where everybody was essentially open and Patrick Mahomes just carved up the defense because, again, how wide open was. Uh, players were. But again, Dan Campbell going for it at fourth and two, your own 17. That takes some serious grit and will to do that. So I tip my cap off to that, Dan Campbell, to Jared Goff. He is now the third. Uh, he's on the list now for most consecutive passes without an interception. He's third. I think at like 358. 
or 338. Tom Brady's two at 399, and Aaron Rodgers at one at 402. So Jared Goff coming for that title, Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. He was great. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He was utterly fantastic. 94 passer rating. Uh, and I thought yesterday that, hey, Lions without Chris Jones, this is going to be a balanced team. And it was. They threw the ball 35 times. They ran it 34 times. Montgomery was the workhorse, averaging three and a half yards a carry. I'll take it. They sprinkled in Jameer Gibbs, seven carries for 42 yards at six uh, and on an average. You could definitely tell his explosiveness, uh, his speed on there as well. So, again, the Lions, I'm not giving them an A-plus-plus grade. I'll give them an A-minus grade. I'd like to actually give them a B-plus because it wasn't a perfect night. But they beat the defending reigning champions on Thursday Night Football, so I give them props. This looks good for a couple reasons for my season predictions. I picked B Lions to win, cruise to the NFC North title. Uh, they're on that track. And I picked the Chiefs to struggle uh, to win their division. I picked them to win the division, though. And that they wouldn't get the one seed first round by. Things are looking good for both of them. It's early, but hey... I had all these jokers saying yesterday that the Lions aren't good. People today still disrespecting the Lions. Mike Tirico, commentator for Sunday Night Football along Chris Collinsworth, said that this win for the Lions deserves an asterisk. Really, bro? There's so many games played in the NFL where people are injured, uh, inactive. The whole season could be an asterisk. I mean, come on. That's, that's petty. Uh, but the Lions won this game. Is a great team win. Uh, not a lot of penalties. Uh, again, I didn't see a lot other than the false start by Kansas City's right tackle, Jawan Taylor. Hopefully the NFL looks at it and, you know, says something to the Chiefs or says something to the refs like, hey, before the next game, this guy could be lined up improperly on every snap. So, yeah, it's crazy. But the Lions, Jared Goff outdueled Patrick Mahomes, outplayed the Chiefs outsmarted Andy Reid. Gabe Campbell made the gutsiest play of the night with the fourth and two call on his own 17. Kansas City tried to get too cute, and the Lions blew up the plays on third and one with the tight end snapping the ball and all that. The Lions played great. They deserved the win. They earned the win, and it's a 1-0 start to the year, and I am absolutely fired up about it. This would be a good season. Oh, I'm looking forward to the next 16. One down, 19 to go. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Let's move on. To a quarterback that reset the market yesterday. And that was Joe Burrow. Now, there were rumors that, hey, it looks like there's optimism about a deal getting done before week one. And it got done right when this game was kicking off. Minutes afterwards, Joe Burrow got his five-year, $275 million extension. That includes $219 million guaranteed. Makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Carries an average annual value of $55 million per year. Uh, this is great for both parties because Joe Burrow... 
uh, is a high state quarterback. Again, with every year new quarterbacks being up for contracts, that will be dwarfed in a year or two. And then it's good for the Bengals because they have their franchise guy now. Um, now the other thing is you have that massive contract. The key is going to be keeping Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, other players to keep this window open. It'll be interesting to see what happens. T. Higgins' contract, he is not, uh, he wasn't a first round pick. He doesn't get a fifth year option. So that'll need to get done or he could be a free agent. And Jamar Chase is up for an extension next year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how all this shakes down moving forward. But Joe Burrow is deserving of this money. He has led his team in his two healthy seasons to a Super Bowl, um, two straight AFC Championship Games appearances, won the division last year, plays great, plays the right way. And I think, again, I have them winning the Super Bowl this year. So he's that talented, he's that good, and he deserves it. Now let's move on to the rest of week one. So week one will be underway, full slate Sunday. It is time to make some picks. Let's start off with Carolina-Atlanta. So yesterday I picked Carolina to make the playoffs at the seventh spot. However, I don't think Carolina's going to win this game against Atlanta. Atlanta's three-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Atlanta in this game because it is in Atlanta. I also like it because uh, this is Bryce Young's first game. Offensive line looks shaky in the preseason. Again, I think Bryce Young will be good, but concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned about uh, the weapons because DJ Charts has been ruled out. Adam Thielen is questionable. That's not good. So if those two don't play, Mingo's their top wide receiver. I'm not in love with that. And again, Atlanta, I don't think Desmond Ritter's great, but hey, they'll rely on Bijan Robinson. They've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, even though I don't think the defense will be fantastic. So with that being said, I like Atlanta. Rookie quarterbacks are also, I forget, like their week one matchups, like four and 16 over the past how many years against the spread. So it doesn't pan out well for their first game. So I like Atlanta uh, to win this game and get the dub here. Next, Cincinnati-Cleveland. Now, Cleveland has won four in a row, five in a row against the Bengals at home. So Cincinnati traveling to Cleveland. Joe Burrow just got his contract. I believe this will be a close game in Cleveland. But I like the Bengals to win this game. I believe they pull it out. I'm not sold on the Browns. I know they have Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper and weapons. But I'm not sold on Deshaun Watson. Didn't like what I saw in the final few weeks of the season. His game. Uh, so with the Bengals relatively healthy, uh, their offense, offensive line, Orlando Brown on Miles Garrett. I like this team. 
again, both of these teams didn't play a lot of preseason, their starters. Uh, so with that, I do think it'll be a little sloppy, uh, you know, not great football. But I think Cincinnati just has the playmakers to go out and win this game. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like them. Go Cincy. Next, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Now, this one's, you know, interesting because I do like the Indianapolis Colts. This game is an Indy. I like Anthony Richardson, the quarterback. I like Shane Steichen, former offensive coordinator from the Eagles, who's now the head coach. And I think they can find something that will click. However, I think Jonathan Taylor would have been huge to have in this situation. He won't be playing. They do have Shaq Leonard back on defense. I think this will be a tight divisional matchup. But I do think the progression that the Jaguars showed the second half of the season, combined with the OTAs and training camp, uh, Trevor Lawrence trying to take the next step like a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert in their third year, I think he can take it. I like Trevor Lawrence uh, to win this game, even though, again, you're incorporating Calvin Ridley, who you haven't played with before. We'll see. It's close. I was tempted to have my upset be here, Indy. I could definitely see Indy pulling off the upset, but I'm going to pick Jacksonville as the favorite here to beat the Colts, even though I expect it to be a close game. Next, Tampa Bay and Minnesota. So Tampa Bay, year removed from a tumultuous season, Tom Brady's final year. Uh... Their offensive line has continued to be reshaped. I don't think that bodes well for Baker Mayfield at all, uh, who is throwing to good receivers and Godwin and Mike Evans. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have a ton of time, even though I don't like this Minnesota defense. I don't think they've made the type of improvements that the Lions have made and went out and addressed their issues. However, it's in Minnesota. I don't know, you know what the assignment will be. I'm Justin Jefferson. If I had my guess, you're doubling him with Carlton Davis and Antoine Winfield. That's uh, you know, what I would do to try to slow him down. I don't think Carlton Davis can handle him one-on-one. Uh, but, again, in Minnesota, tough place to play. Uh, I don't think Baker and the Bucks get it done. I like the Vikings to win this matchup. Tennessee and New Orleans. I'm rolling with New Orleans. So Tennessee, uh, I think, already struggles with uh, Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Traylon Burks is out, so that's key. So it's just going to be D-Hop and Derrick Henry. I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Derrick Henry. But playing in New Orleans at the Superdome is tough for opposing teams where the defense does play better, stout rush defense, good secondary with Marshawn Lattimore. I think Derek Carr, especially the first few weeks of the season, is going to be on a mission on his new team uh, with the Saints, you know, trying to, not, you know, he's not playing against the Raiders in a sense, say that, hey, they made a mistake. I'm going to come out here and play really well. And I think they can. Chris Olave, I think, is a terrific wide receiver. Michael Thomas is as healthy as he can be. Even though Kamara suspended, they do have Jamal Williams. 
and I like New Orleans to win this game. Next up, and what I think could be the blowout of the week, the Arizona Cardinals play the Washington Commanders in Washington. Now, this to me is huge because Washington, new ownership, the stench of Dan Snyder is far gone, far removed. It's positive now. Uh, the fans are happy about all this as well. It's in Washington. You have Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator as well. Uh, Sam Howell looked good in the final game against Dallas last year and even in the preseason. So I think Washington is going to roll over the Cardinals. The commanders are going to take charge. They'll be running the football well. Uh, Arizona starting Joshua Dobbs, a rookie center. Their small wide receivers and Rondale Moore and Marquise Brown. I don't think are to cut it, and Marquise Brown is questionable, and so is Zach Ertz. Who knows what their status will officially be, but Washington, with the stout front four, is me a long game for the Arizona Cardinals. I like the Commanders to win. Houston and Baltimore. Give me Baltimore. This is another one where it's like, ooh, not too hip on the Texans, even though I think their defense will be all right. It will, you know, take a little bit to get the defense settled and all that. And the Ravens aren't going to be playing fast. I think under former Georgia offensive coordinator out of college, now implementing his system in the NFL, uh, where in the NFL you do play more up speed and with tempo at times. Definitely he has an upgrade over Stetson Bennett at quarterback with Lamar Jackson. So using that, taking advantage of that, I like Lamar Jackson to distribute the ball to Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, run it with J.K. Dobbins. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win this game. Next up, Green Bay. And Chicago. This is a close one because Justin Fields has played a lot, uh, hasn't won a lot, whereas Jordan Love is kind of new, hasn't seen him a ton. So with that being said, I'm rolling with the Chicago Bears. It's in Chicago. I do think that Justin Fields has grown a bit, they did get DJ Moore, which who I believe is a wide receiver one, so having him on the team is huge for the for the Bears. And I also think it's a big for the Packers, who I think we're gonna run the ball with Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon behind a good offensive line, open up play action passing. But who are you gonna be passing to? Christian Watson has been ruled out with an injury. Romeo Dobbs is questionable, and according to LaFleur, doesn't seem like likely to play. Your two top wide receivers are out. The other connections Jordan Love had, you know, a kind of a rapport with, are on the Jets now, Lazard and Cobb. So this is going to be a very young wide receiver crew. And I think the Bears get it done in a good, close game. Uh, but I like the Bears. In this one. Las Vegas and Denver is next. So I really wanted to pick Las Vegas. I did. I still might pick them. But there's this Chandler Jones. I mean, both teams are under, uh, like, there's this black cloud around it right now with the 
weird Chandler Jones situation in Vegas uh, in his absence and kind of going off on the Raiders and their management. And then you have the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton and going off on Russell Wilson for acting like he's running for office. And, again, their receivers are hurt. You know, Tim Patrick is out for the season. Jerry Judy is not going to play. So it is interesting uh, for both teams. I'm probably going to roll with Vegas in this one in a tight game that can go either way. But Josh Jacobs is playing. He can run the football. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can throw to Devontae Adams. So I just like the playmakers more in Vegas than I do on Denver. And I'm not sold on the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson connection yet. I do think there's some underlying issues Sean Payton has with Russell Wilson. And again, like I said yesterday, that patience is going to run thin. And I don't know if Russell will be a Bronco much longer if this thing doesn't work out. Next, Philadelphia and New England. So this is a game... I really want to win, or I'm really thinking New England has the chance to win because it's in New England. They have a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien who's familiar with uh, Bill Belichick, who's been here before with Tom Brady. Now he's with Matt Jones. They did get Juju Smith-Schuster, and they signed Zeke. Their defense has always been good, and they're honoring Tom Brady. And when you have a GOAT there, you have the GOAT, can you really lose? Is that a game you lose at all? I don't know, but I think New England's going to be competitive. I'm going to pick Philadelphia to win a close one, but this is another one. I'll not be surprised at all if New England wins, considering Philadelphia did lose two key defensive pieces in Jason Hargrave and C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Lost both their coordinators. This will be interesting. However, I think... Just the rapport Jalen Hurts already has with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. It is too much. They still have Jason Kelsey, their offensive line. I think this will be a good game. I'd like for New England to pull this one out. However, I think the Eagles will win it. Miami and the Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers. I think this revamped offense, Kellen Moore, it's just too much. I'm rolling with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. To me, it's too good where the Dolphins, their best offensive lineman, or yeah, the best offensive lineman, left tackle, Taron Armstead, is out. The offensive line's already shaky. Uh, you combine that with Tua, who again, I'm not sold on and his injury history. Even though I do love me some time we kill Jalen Waddle. I just think this firepower that the Chargers have, it's more than the uh, Dolphins have, and the Chargers win this game. Next, Rams and Seattle. So, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks. I thought the Rams would have a shot, uh, but Seattle's going to win this game. No Cooper Cup. Sean McVay has talked about the possibility of putting him on IR, which would be a huge loss for the Rams. Uh, but for the Rams to win this game, what would they have to do? They'll have to run the ball extremely well with Cam Akers. Matthew Stafford cannot make a mistake. They're going to have to play time of possession, ball control. And those are things the Rams 
oh, don't do and check none of the above. So, yeah, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks. As much as I would love to see the Seattle Seahawks lose this game, I just don't think it's realistic, and I'm not giving the Rams much of a shot. So, yeah, I'm going with a smart play and picking the Seahawks here. And then last game of the Sunday slate, the Dallas Cowboys and the New York football Giants. I'm rolling with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as I said yesterday, Dallas Cowboys are my team to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Not win it. I have it winning the NFC East. And they beat the Giants like 10 times in a row. Uh, yes, it's in New York. But guess what? The Giants, Darren Waller, is questionable. He got upgraded to, or he actually got downgraded to questionable today. I don't like how he's now on the injury report with that hamstring that's kind of, you know, plagued him. So if Darren Waller isn't playing, I'm not sold on the Giants again having enough firepower to keep up with the Dallas Cowboys. I like the Dallas Cowboys to win this game Sunday night. I believe Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks will be good. And Micah Parsons will be harassing Daniel Jones all game long. Give me those Dallas Cowboys. That is my week one pick. Time to move on to some college football. So I didn't have a chance to respond yet uh, to this, but when I was, you know, this happened last week, and that had to do with Deion Sanders. So TCU, or I should say TCU, TCU lost, but Colorado beat TCU in a very great high-scoring game. Congratulations to Colorado. But Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, was all in on himself, getting after reporters. Do you believe? Do you believe now? Because he was doubted before. Well, guess what? If he would ask me that, do I believe? Because I didn't take Colorado to do much. Do I believe? No, I still don't believe. You beat TCU. Do you want a medal for beating TCU? TCU's defense is not that impressive. So TCU's last four games, they lost to Colorado, gave up 45 points. They lost to Georgia, gave up 65 points. They beat Michigan, and somehow they gave up, again, 45 points, and they lost to Kansas State, giving up 31 points. So they have lost three out of their last four. Uh, You beat TCU, congratulations, but their defense was never good. And their two best players from last year, uh, Max Duggan and Quintus Johnston, were both drafted. So you're dealing with a depleted TCU team. And you ask me if I believe after one win? One win? You've got to be kidding me. It was an absolute joke to hear it. So will he beat Nebraska this weekend? Probably. Nebraska's not good. Will they beat Colorado State? Sure. But come conference play, when they've got to play the Oregons, the USC's, the UCLA's, Oregon State's, Utah's, we'll see how they do. I think going anything above 6-6 six and six would be a miracle. 7-5, and five, getting to a bowl game like that, that would be great for Dion. But all this talk of them betting on them to win a national championship, Travis Hunter, 
to win the Heisman. Let me pump the brakes right there. There ain't no way that Colorado could match up with the Alabamas, the Florida States, the Michigans, the Georgias, the USC. Wait till they play USC in Oregon. Smack some sense into that program. Because I am deoned out. I really am. Uh, I have had enough. I really have. You win one game in FBS and you think you're it? No, that is not how the game works. No, 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 no. Let's pump the brakes here. And let's go to my week two college picks. Let's start with some layups just to get back on track. Six and four last week, hoping to do better this week. Notre Dame against the North Carolina Wolfpack. Notre Dame heavily favored. I am rolling with Notre Dame. They have looked impressive so far. They are 2-0. and They look like a good team, and I think they keep it going against North Carolina State. Next up, Utah and Baylor. Preseason, this was an anticipated matchup. However, that lost a lot of luster because Baylor last week lost to Texas State. So Utah, much better than that program, I believe, will beat Baylor as well. Then we have Nebraska-Colorado. I will pick Colorado because I said I like to win as well. And I don't pick and root in spite of people. So I am picking Colorado to win this game. Next, uh, in-state rival, Iowa, Iowa State. I am picking Iowa. I like their offense last week. Seemed improved with former Michigan players, Cade McNamara. Eric All, I do believe they beat Iowa State this weekend. Next up, Ole Miss and Tulane. Now, I really do. I like this matchup a lot because uh, I thought Tulane last year was a really, really good story, uh, kind of being the Power 5 school in the – you know, New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, and I give them respect, uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Um, I really do. Who, again, they've won their past five. They beat Cincinnati last year by three points. And they're, uh, what is it called? Uh, championship game. They beat UCF. And then in the Cotton Bowl, they beat USC by a point. That's big time. So Tulane gets this game because of their uh, kind of record last year. It's in Tulane. Ole Miss is a favorite. However, this is Tulane Super Bowl. Much like it was Tulane last year against USC, they were pulling out all the stops. I believe Tulane is going to do that tomorrow against Ole Miss. And they are going to upset Ole Miss tomorrow. i like to see it. Then Texas A&M and Miami. I'm rolling with Texas A&M. Uh, I think they're a lot better than they were last year. Jimbo Fisher gets the job done. Then game day is at Alabama for Texas-Alabama. I would love to see a Texas upset. However, this game is primetime in Tuscaloosa. That is 10 times harder than playing in your home stadium. 
uh, you know, Texas is raucous. It ain't Tuscaloosa. I think Alabama is going to win. I think we're going to learn a lot about both programs, but I believe it will be very, very, very close. But I like Alabama. Next, Oregon, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, another Big 12 team that absolutely stunk it up last week. Give me Oregon to win that game. UCF, Boise State. I like UCF to beat Boise State. And last but not least, Oklahoma State, ASU. This game is at home for ASU. I am picking the home underdog to upset the Oklahoma State Cowboys tomorrow. This has been Unbothered. I'll talk to you all next week. Hope you all have a great weekend filled with football. Bye, everybody.